Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to welcome back our guest today, pharmacist John Herr from Town and Country Compounding Pharmacy in New Jersey. Welcome, John. Welcome, Linda. Thank you for inviting me. I, you know, we've had a long relationship and always happy to talk to you. What have you been doing in your pharmacy? Well, since the last time I think I spoke to you, you know, we, we well, when we were together, you know, face to face, it was prior to the pandemic. So, you know, a lot, lot has changed. Uh, you know, at that time I was in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and we just built an entire new facility uh, in Ramsey, New Jersey, and we expanded to, you know, 8,000 square feet. Um, and we bought new capsule machines to assist us with making our LDN. And we actually even just purchased a uh, tablet machine to be able to start making LDN tablets as well. But uh, we, you know, invested a lot of money in the new facility uh, in order to better meet the needs of our patients. And everything that we do is so specialized now, uh, you know, when working with LDN and the many different forms and all the other medications that we compound, we really needed this new facility. And uh, we're very proud of it. And, you know, our quality uh, and our accreditations now put us within the top 1% of compounding pharmacies in the United States, which we're very proud of. Mm -hmm. um, I know there are a lot of pharmacies that uh, do tablets as well as capsules, mm -hmm. and they talk about the fillers in which they use in those tablets and with compressing them, et cetera, et cetera. Right. What are your tablets like? Well, we haven't, we're, we're looking at that now. So we haven't, we're evaluating the different fillers that we can use for the tablets, but most of them usually have magnesium stearate in there, which is kind of common. And I don't think that's a problem with LDN, but I mean, we'll never, I, I know there's a lot of pharmacies that are just, uh, have, have just gone to just making tablets, but I know in our pharmacy, because we're very integrative, we will never give up making uh, low dose naltrexone capsules. Because you're right, we have a lot of patients because uh, especially the patients who are using it for autoimmune, you know, who maybe they want acidophilus as a filler, maybe they want microcrystalline as a filler. Um, in even extreme circumstances, sometimes we will, you know, ask the patient, like, what fillers do they know don't cause reactions in their body and use that filler to make the capsules for them. So as a compounding pharmacy, we have to be able to, you know, make things that are, uh, that are going to agree with the particular patient when they're taking their LDN. And, and the tablet, I think, is another one that you're going to be, unfortunately, you're going to be more, um, less be able to verify the different fillers. So we're investigating which will be the best one now. But that'll probably allow us for, a, especially our pain. I know we, we had a recent survey. Uh, we survey our patients and we still, you know, at least in my area, we're still 45% of our LDN patients are using it for pain. So they are less prone to have uh, problems with the different fillers. So we envision a lot of those patients may want to use the tablets, which will make, make it easier for us to be able to keep up with the demand. Because as you know, the demand for LDN is you know ever increasing. And then I did look at our, our last survey that we sent out to our patients. And we had, um, you know, the next two were biggest uh, segments where we had we separated out to autoimmune thyroid and autoimmune non-thyroid. 
So those are the patients I feel we're probably going to have to work a little more with with adjusting the you know the different uh, fillers that we have in the capsules. Mm -hmm. Are you sterile or just non-sterile pharmacy? Oh no, we have a full sterile suite, and and I think the reason we're up in the top one percent, we're one of the first pharmacies in New Jersey that is accredited for all of the different types of compounding. So in the U.S. market, you know, we have USP seven ninety five, which governs our non-sterile compounding, but then we also have USP 800. So certain drugs are now considered, um, you know, uh, hazardous, which we don't really consider hazardous, but the government now does, such as like progesterone we would give to a woman, you know, um, est estrogen replacement or testosterone replacement to a woman or a man. And a lot of our patients that are using these therapies are the patients that are also using LDN. So we put in the 800 uh, suite and then even in our sterile suite, we put in, um, actually we have a five room sterile suite now. So we have both hazardous and non-hazardous in there. Cause I am starting to see more patients using the, uh, the naltrexone in an ophthalmic form. So I know we, I just uh, counseled a patient on that yesterday. Uh, so we're able to do the LDN ophthalmic drops also. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about that. I know this is going off topic that you're a compounding pharmacy. There seems to be quite a demand for teenagers that have become non-binary. Girls want to be boys. Boys want mm -hmm. to be girls. All this transition. Um, it's something new to me. You know, it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it it wasn't a thing, was it, years ago? But. Yeah. People are, are talking about it. So if you had trans children, do you compound whatever hormone medication they need? I mean, we certainly would if that was the case, I guess, because you and I are probably in the same age group. So it is kind of new to me also. But um, I know there are particularly pharmacies that do specialize in that because oftentimes they need uh, the doses are much greater for you know, the transition from either male to female or female to male. So it is something that we could, you know, provide if it was necessary, but I just haven't had the, um, I haven't had a lot of requests at, up, up to this point. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So and we're also interesting that we're doing more, like, I know I was just teaching my staff, we have to do, um, we're getting more um, requests to have uh, naltrexone topically. So pretty much, you know, for treating pain. Um, and I just, I always had to teach my staff that, you know, the, the whole idea with autoimmune, as, as you know, Linda, is the, the quick association and disassociation from the receptor site that seems to help uh, low-dose naltrexone work in autoimmune diseases and even in pain. Um, but when it's used topically, it has a much longer, you know, mechanism of action or, or effect. So topically, particularly because we sometimes get this request in children, it's not a great way if it's an autoimmune disease or something or, or for example, autism. Uh, to use the LDN uh, topically, but if it's a localized pain, the LDN cream, we've been getting very good results with, uh, you know, positive feedback from our patients that are using it that way. Mm -hmm. Do you make LDN um, eye drops? Yes, that's what I, I just said. We're starting to get more requests for LDN eye drops. Hmm. You know, we've so always listed it as available on our web website, but I, I just uh, counseled a patient uh, who was using that yesterday. And they were using it for, um, you know, they just had like a chronic, chronic dry eye. So the idea was to try to help with exactly. the, uh, their own 
having their own, as opposed to using a, a harsh chemical for dry eyes that we see uh, commonly used, you know, it's trying to correct the body to, you know, allow reproduction of tears. Mm -hmm. And especially that's where I see a lot of our, um, you know, patients that uh, utilize our bioidentical hormone replacement because they're more integrative in their approach and they're just trying to, you know, fix and, and, and adjust in the body what's going on. So that's where I'm seeing the, uh, the use of the LDN eye drops pick up as well. I've got chronic dry eye. Um, it all kicked off just before COVID and I couldn't get to see anybody. And by the time I saw um, an optometrist or eye specialist, anyway, my eyes are so dry that they don't create tears. And I was scratching my um, eye every time I blinked. So it was like sandpaper. It took yeah. a long time. But I can't get LDN eye drops here because it's oh. prohibitive. So my question is, are your eye drops vastly more expensive than, say, capsules or what your tablets will be? You know, they're, they're going to be a little more expensive, but you're comparing an apple to an orange. But it's, I mean, I feel it's within a reasonable price range. It's probably around $100 US for the eye drops. Um, you know, prior to this, we would have to, in, in, because we are an integrative pharmacy, we use uh, what we call autalgous serum eye drops. And a lot of patients with chronic dry eyes use that. But in that case, they have the patient has to go get their blood drawn. They take the whole blood and they they spin it down. And then we pick up the serum and then we prepare that. We compound that into an eye drop. So it's the same, same kind of idea. It's like you're using the patient's own syrup to help with the chronic dry eye. But that tends to be very expensive because they have the cost of having to go to, uh, you know, a lab where they can get their blood drawn. They have to pay for that. And then, you know, just all the um, because you're dealing with blood, you know, it's 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 a lot more difficult as the pharmacy to work with. That. And we do do a lot of that. So my hope is that as more and more patients learn about the use of LDN, maybe some of those patients could use this because it's a lot easier because we're not we're not depending on getting that patient's own serum. Now, the mm -hmm. Autalgus Serum does work very well, and, and we've actually just contracted, well, Na National Institute of Health in the United States has just contracted with my pharmacy to prepare Autalgus Serum eye drops, you know, for their patients. And again, we'll try to uh, mention the uh, low-dose naltrexone to, to them. Mm -hmm. Nasal spray. Do you do that in your sterile or your non-sterile part of your... Pharmacy. Yeah, nasal spray could be done in the non-sterile, as we call it in the United States, 795 lab, uh, because it's, you know, an eye drop has to be sterile, a nasal drop or a nasal spray does not have to be sterile. So that could be mm -hmm. any any compounding pharmacy. Well, you know, I, I always recommend that you go to an accredited compounding pharmacy, but any compounding pharmacy would be able to compound the naltrexone into a nasal. Mm -hmm. Have your patients had good success? with nasal, LDN nasal spray? I haven't seen it used that frequently yet. yet. I, I just think we probably don't have like a champion around here, you know, uh, ENT doctor who's kind of, um, you know, picked up on it. Uh, but you, you would think again, because we, we see so many people with, you know, chronic inflammation in the sinuses due to allergies or just, you know, uh, deviated septum, other conditions that, you know, it should help with that inflammation. Uh, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, we just don't have somebody who's really, you know, uh, jumped on the bandwagon and, and, and identified that. But I would like to try to promote that more. Mm -hmm. 
And there are quite a few dentists now that use LDN as well, which is uh, quite interesting. So you've got the eye drops, you've got the capsules, tablets, nasal spray. So do you do the chokies and the gummy bears, topical oh. cream as well? I know you do. Yeah, we, we do the trochies. Um, the, the cream, like as I mentioned, is, is, I think, in my opinion, the cream is better for, you know, uh, lo treating localized pain. Somebody who has more uh, systemic pain, I usually suggest that they use the, you know, the, a capsule or a tablet. But a dosage form for a child, for example, you know, would be a good dosage form would be using like a trochi, you know, that they could put in their mouth that's flavored so they don't have to swallow the pill. So that's where I think it's uh, it's helpful for um you know, kids, kids that way. Um, mm -hmm. And again, we can do a, a very small trochee that, uh, you know, they can just put under the tongue and it's flavored. And and thank goodness, like LDN, it's not very, um, you know, it's not really bitter when the, when the patients take it. So it's not, it's not difficult to give it to the children that way. In, in pain management, our LDN patients, we have a lot who use ketamine in conjunction with low-dose naltrexone for chronic pain. And that is very bitter. A lot of a lot of instances we do that in a trochee, but the LDN, I think, uh, in a trochee form for a child is a, is a very, you know, effective uh, dose and easy for the parents to administer. Mm -hmm. Does that make them sublingual if you're putting it under the tongue, or is the formula different for sublingual? No, that would make it sublingual by putting it under the tongue. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, as we know, uh, low dose naltrexone doesn't have to be sublingual so a lot of times even if the children are you know you know as the as the uh, trochee dissolves you know the the matrix of the trochee will kind of mix with the patient's saliva and they'll swallow it but that's okay because they're still getting the dose because we know what works orally so it's just another way uh maybe to be able to give it to a child who you know is too young or doesn't have the ability to really swallow a tablet or a capsule mm -hmm. I can remember my grandson was about 15 before he could swallow a tablet. Yeah. <laughs> he just couldn't do it. You know, he would gag on it. But then his mum was exactly the same. She uh, couldn't take any pills. I, I was When they had a fever, I was using so many bottles of the, uh, like, we call it paracetamol. Right. Um, because they were, like, having three spoonful at a time. And it was just like, please, can't you try? as a compounding pharmacy we get that request a lot of times too for children and and many instances we have to make a suppository because that's the only way that they end up getting the uh, dose into the child yeah. so i think you know for the ldn especially if it's a you know a, a children on um children are on the spectrum you know because they have a lot of um you know, sometimes it's just psychologically taking the dose is very challenging for the mom, you know, to, to give it to that child. So I think it makes a nice uh, dosage form for uh, children that way. Mm. I mean, if you've got an autistic child, they like routine and things done in a certain way and yes. usually only eat certain foods and that sometimes on the plate they're not allowed to touch. And I could appreciate the fact of trying to give a child who's thought processes like that a tablet and they won't swallow it you know it would be upsetting for both the parent and the child yes and, and that's another good um thing with children is we also make a lot of the naltrexone just into like a, a a liquid so we can make it into a concentrated drop you know a lot of times with our chronic pain patients 
you know, we, we have uh, chronic pain patients who are on opioids where we normally think that, you know, the uh, low-dose naltrexone would be contraindicated, but we have found when we go down to the, you know, the ultra low dose and we go down to, like, it could be on a patient who's on uh, chronic narcotics, but often we can start them on like 10 micrograms, you know, or five micrograms of low, ultra low dose naltrexone. And in that case, we often do that in a sublingual drop because that way they can kind of titrate it uh, very gradually. Because a lot of those patients are very, you know, they're very fearful of even thinking that if they take a low dose naltrexone that it could, you know, block their opioid effect, which they've really become both, I, I feel physically and psychologically dependent on. So if you can give them that very low dose, especially in the form of the drop, and then kind of help them titrate up slowly, they start to realize, wow, this really works. Because I think, you know, they're used to taking opioids so much, they just can't believe that this drug naltrexone could work and control their pain. But so that's another good dosage form. We'll do the, uh, you know, the drop like that way. And, and again, it, it's, it's sublingual. They could put it under their tongue and let it absorb that way. Or if they could just swallow it and it's still going to, uh, you know, going to work and be absorbed. It amazes me how you can use such a small dose of LVN when a patient is on high doses of opioids and they can transition and come off the opioids without going through withdrawal. Yes, how wonderful is that? It's, it is amazing. And, you know, thank goodness for, uh, you know, Dr. Chopra really kind of taught us a lot about that, you know, um, and even when you and I were, you know, filming, helping film that documentary with uh, with the opioid epidemic here in the U.S. And, you know, I learned a lot from Dr. Chopra and uh, it really is, is very helpful. It really, even if those patients may never come off of the, um, you know, the, the, the opioid, it just, it seems to help their pain. And it also seems to help that the, um, you know, that the dose doesn't keep escalating up. Mm -hmm. And I think oh. that's something a lot of the, because we do a lot of pain. I know Dr. Goldstein, Dr. Asher Goldstein that I work with a lot, you know, he, he's the one who first told me, he goes, part of the hardest part of me as a physician to get the patient to try the low dose naltrexone is the fact that I'm asking them to give up their opioids, which, you know, it, it's, it's a crutch. So we know um, that if we use a short-acting opioid, like he will often offer that as a short-acting one. If they if they really get into a bad spell of pain in the middle of the day, they can take it. And as long as they have a window on either side of their LDN dose of approximately four hours, you know that LDN that they're taking in the evening is not going to you know affect that dose that they may need. And I always kind of laughed and I kind of, I thought of it as somebody who quits smoking and has the, uh, you know, the one cigarette in the little glass tube, like break for emergency. I think, I think it just helps those patients try the low dose naltrexone therapy, knowing that if things really get out of hand, they could take one dose of their opioid. And I think that just helps them, you know, manage the thought process of this is what I'm going to do to try to get, you know, get off of these opioids, which, you know, many people want to do, but unfortunately they, they just become addicted to them. And, you know, in this case, LDN is such a better, you know, a better choice. We've come to the end, John, but it was lovely talking to you and we'll have to do this again soon. Nice talking to you. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.